All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? DJ Nubis and DJ Nico with the Mail Time Radio Podcast, episode ninety nine. Ninety nine. Uh, yeah, almost to a hundred. And now, granted, we are kind of over a hundred, but that's only because I have some other ones that were older that I threw in there. So this is actually this legit ninety nine. This is the reincarnation of the hordes of chaos. This is the rebirth. The rebirth. So, how you doing, noobs? Good. How about you, Neko? Hi. Hi. I'm Hi. So, yeah, new stuff to get to today, music wise. Got some new stuff from Grave Huffer, uh, sent by my boy Richie. We'll get to that later on. Um, new stuff from Moongate's Guardian, Slytherin. Yes, it's based off the Harry Potter stuff. Really? Yeah. Cool stuff, though. Alright. Got some classic stuff as well from Usurper, Morbid mm-hmm. Angel. And I got a band called Dread Sovereign play later. It's actually the first record of 2021 to make my best of list. Holy shit, you're already making that list. Yeah, so, and they're very cool because it's got like a very Sabbath vibe with that. So I'm really happy about that. Uh, Neko will get a chance to check that out later. Uh, we also have Neko's pick in the rock watch. Will be interesting. She says she, says she already has a story waiting for us for about that. I mean, it's not this phenomenal story, but... I, I just, you know, you know me, I love the, it's something that adds meaning to the song for me for a reason, you know. It's just something funny. Right. Um, got a couple of uh, topics on uh, one passing and one that we don't quite know what the update is. I haven't read about it yet, but uh, we're featuring Julie Strain and Dr. Dre. Uh, talk about Netflix, got some stuff going on there. Uh, an old 1987 series that I really was in love with back in the day that got canceled way too soon. We'll be getting to that. And of course, a member of Nightwish leaves, and that's an interesting story within itself. Um, 
we're not going to talk about it in this episode, but I just saw a couple days ago that Chris Evans is going to try to reprise his role as Captain America. Yeah, you, you were talking about that, and wasn't he, like, all not into doing Captain America, and that's why they wrote him out, and then... Right, like, yeah. everything that ended with Endgame, like, you thought, okay, he's going out the way that Captain America wants, and Chris Evans has a chance to get out of the series. He hands the fucking shield over to, uh... Falcon, mm-hmm. and they had that series coming out soon. In fact, today we have to check it out later tonight. WandaVision starts. Oh, that's right. Um, but yeah, so I'm wondering how that's all going to work down the road. I mean, I, I like Evans as Captain America; he's a great one. Um, but just it's kind of weird that he was trying so hard to get away from the <laughs> the franchise and everything else and go on to other things, and all of a sudden he wants back in. So it's very weird. Uh, but we'll get in as we get more information on that. Maybe it's money. Oh, well, definitely money. Definitely. Well, it's kind of interesting because they always kind of uh, say, you know, money changes everything, blah, blah, blah. It's also about, you know, sometimes walking away, you don't do what you want to do, and then it just kind of doesn't turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. So, like... I know there are some actors, and he's one of them where he... They don't want to be typecast. Yeah, he doesn't want to be typecast as Captain America. But that's the funny thing, though, because Evans, and I had forgotten this at the time when... He the was first, a human torch. Right. So he keeps choosing these comic book characters, and I'm like, well, if you didn't want you know, to be typecast, you shouldn't be doing all these comic book roles. Now, granted, he's good at them. The torch was the best thing about, uh, what is it, the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Yeah, I, I have no problems with that one's coming back. I just thought it was kind of weird. Now, I'm assuming part of it's because of COVID, I'm sure, with movies not really doing a lot of filming, or at least not traditionally. Yeah, he may not, <clears throat> excuse me, he may not have a lot of options right now in the way he needs to get paid. Um, but I, I was telling you this with Sex and the City, one of my favorite shows, and, you know, our favorite character, Samantha. Kim Cattrall is just not interested anymore. And they actually, when they did the second movie, we actually thought the second movie was kind of fun and corny, and that's well, they, fine. Well, they're all professional. They all did a good job of putting those movies but, together. Yeah, I was gonna, but... I was gonna say Samantha or Kim Cattrall is not like really friends with any of them, and Kim Cattrall also doesn't want to be Samantha anymore. She's like, I'm sixty. I, it's it's actually kind of disgusting of a sixty year old woman going and chasing after twenty year old. Yeah, and know, they wouldn't like write her a better story. Fifteen or twenty years ago, it's a funny story because she's hot. She's forty and she's you know dating twenty year olds, but now she's sixty and she's like, I just they they had no growth. So they're doing a revival of Sex in the City. She's not. They're all of them are getting. I think it was something crazy, like a million dollars an episode for this revival, and there's only ten episodes, so they'll get ten million dollars to do ten episodes, and Kim Cattrall said, no, I'm, no, not interested. I think my theory is going to be, though, that the way it'll probably work, Evans back in is, of course, through the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, so... They'll probably get through a few episodes. Flashbacks. And also, well, no, I think that if, if he's going to reprise the role... They've got... 
Doctor Strange and he yeah. can bend time and he can he so now he's living two parallel because Gamera is also living two parallel lives too because she died and then she's the other parallel Gam. This could be parallel Captain America. They they can do whatever the fuck they want. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's nothing stopping them from that. All right, well, let's get to our first block of music. Nothing new in here, but a lot of good classics. Uh, well, I do have some new stuff, actually, from Onslaught from their latest release. So that's kicking it off with Bow Down to the Clowns. We'll be back. Bow Down to the Clowns. <laughs> Every 
this is Roger from No Moss. And also, Ben from No Moss. Hey, Henry over here from No Moss. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Come get it. Get lit. Yeah, and John too. <laughs> Alright, we're back. We're back, bitches! Alright, so... Browsing the web. We love browsing the web. We're always browsing the web. That's all we do. Do you remember back in the day when the internet started... Um, it. I don't want to say... like Because some sort of internet, believe it or not, universe and people who don't know, has been around for a long, long time. And um, I'm talking like back in the 70s, even earlier than that for the government. And I think in the 90s, the commercial success of the internet like just boomed. I, I remember once, a- once AOL. Yeah, it, I was gonna say AOL and all those free CDs. Ten hours of AOL. Oh, it's so was great. It wasn't a Juno. It's like a free service that was competing with AOL back yeah, then. Juno, Prodigy, AOL. And then I remember, um, I think, I I was in college, so it had to be like 99, and it was right before I met you, we switched to Comcast, and Comcast was the first to offer the unlimited internet, because remember, everything else was like, by the hour, or you could, it was just crazy, and it was all dial-up, and this was the first time, it was not, you didn't have to like, plug into the wall, and it goes, So, I remember you and I were just started dating, and you were over my house, and you're like, wow, your internet is, like, blazing fast, and oh, this is crazy, and I'm like, yeah, we have Comcast, and you you went, as soon as you got home, you switched it over to Comcast, and I think the rest, as they say, is history, because you've been, like, addicted to the internet as much as I have. Um, It's just so crazy, you know, first of all, you and I met in 2001, and it's fucking 2021, so we have almost known each other 20 years? No, we met in 2002. Okay, so 19 years. A year, a year from now will be 20 years. 19 years in June, we've known each other, and we've seen so many technological advances that, remember, um, probably, what, 2008, when my parents bought you that television and we were like what the and back then getting a nice flat screen tv was a big deal like it was quite expensive and you just went out well it's been a little while but you went out and got three flat screen tvs one was a smart tv and the other two we have we have roku's for and you didn't even spend five hundred dollars it's just insane the way technology just, just, and to that point, because technology is at a breakneck pace, we've got, like you were saying, Netflix, and we, we, that's another, we're another early adapter to Netflix. We used to have the DVDs yeah, we mailed talked about to that, us. Like a few episodes back about how we, because we watched that doc on mm-hmm. Netflix and their beginnings and how we used to get everything by mail, but. Obviously, now everything is streaming. They were, again, innovators with all that. Uh, I remember with that, uh, because it was always Blockbuster. Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, and both of them were huge. I used to love Hollywood Video. I know. And 
I, I still think I owe Blockbuster some late fees, but... <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> oh, man, they get you, too. Especially if you, like, rented a video game, it's, like, $20 late fee. But Blockbuster never thought that anything could replace the store. They had... And Blockbuster was approached before, like, Netflix got big to, like, kind of take this over. And they're like, I don't see this happening at all. And they just kind of made the wrong decision. It's... <sighs> but anyway, Netflix kicking it up a notch. Yeah, so because of COVID, and I'm sure everything else, Netflix has decided this year that they're going to release a new release every week for the year 2021. And they've got a, a nice little roster of uh, actors and actresses who are going to be part of that. Dwayne Johnson, Melissa McCarthy, Haley Berry, Jason How, Momoa. Who else? Adam, Amy Adams. I love Amy Adams. Ryan Reynolds, Chris Hemsworth, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, but they're all going to be scattered within certain movies. Everything from musicals, action, romantic comedies, and family animation. Are uh, these all Netflix originals? So most of them are. Some will be just... Stuff that's probably get, was supposed to go to theaters and didn't. Uh, they say the highlights include the mega-budgeted heist film Red Notice starring Gal Gadot, Johnson, which is Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds, the Western The Heart of They Fall with Regina King, Idris Elba, oh, I and love Idris Elba. Jonathan Majors. Um, the Woman in the Window, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, and then... Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, Ariana Grande, uh, in a movie called Don't Look Up. So, Holy crap! Yeah, and that also has uh, Kid Cutie and Meryl Streep in it as well. So there's like a lot of like stuff coming our way. I think that, to that point, you know, the way that we... I, I want to go to the movies. I really do. But I just—they just said Wonder Woman '84 went to the theaters, but I know we've already seen it. We're not that impressed. Yeah, but, but I, the thing is, for me, with stuff like that, I wouldn't even be able to enjoy it because it's like you have to wear your mask, and you know, not that I'm saying wearing a mask is bad because I wear my mask all the time. Well, I, well, I, this is what I know. We are definitely going to the theater to watch Godzilla and Kong. We're definitely going to the theater to watch Dune. And both those times, we're going to make sure that we either find a way to reserve the space or that we're going to be separated. We'll go, like, on a Wednesday night when nobody is, is right. going. Be right. And for me, I am I am not a COVID, like, conspirator. I'm not, like, a, I'm not scared of COVID, but I'm cautious mainly because I am worried about my mom's health. And if I, like, I'm not worried about my health so much as much as passing something on to her and she's immunocompromised right now. So I do take the precautions, you know, even at work, when I'm not at my desk, I wear my mask and do all the things. But th what this is showing us, Netflix is thinking ahead. Netflix knows they need to keep them, keep their, them in the forefront. We, they, there's a thousand streaming services and a lot of, like, Tubi is free. And I was watching some things on Tubi. Most of the things on Tubi are not original, they're older. But Which is good because, you know, they have a lot of the older horror movies that I it, like to but watch. But it's free, so yeah. everybody's I mean, like, you can do a little bit of ads, but that's not a big deal. But that's what people are looking at right now. They're like, I... Maybe maybe they don't have a job, or maybe their hours got Well, cut. that's the thing. Like, so people are spending so much time at home, mm -hmm. they have to find ways to keep people engaged. And Netflix has to stand at the top, because they've just lost a bunch of 
of their like they lost friends and they lost the office because Peacock is NBC. Yeah, there's a lot of other apps taking back their product mm. that uh, Netflix once had you know able to play uh, now, but ever since Netflix went to their own original stuff. Some of these other apps, uh, these companies are taking their own apps and saying, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to get our money for the, our product and have people sign on. Now, that could be bad or good, good, excuse me. And the fact that, you know, Disney Plus is great, but it's only great when you have the stuff that you're interested in. Because they have we, all their material. There. We did that with Disney Plus before. We ordered it, watched what we wanted, and canceled. And now we're back with Disney Plus. I, I know um, the people who own HGTV, the Discovery Channel, there's like a whole little uh, group, even the Smithsonian Channel. Um, they all belong under that like Discovery America, and it's called Discovery Plus. And my mom, she loves all those like home improvement shows. She loves Shark Week. And a lot of her shows are going to be moved to Discovery Plus, which is a streaming-only option. And it's, you know, five ninety nine a month. It's not that much. But my mom is like, what the fuck? I already pay $180 a month for cable, and now i got to spend... And she was kind of getting confused because she's like, I'm calling them and I'm canceling. And I was like, it's not the cable company. It's the people who run Discovery and HGTV. They're trying to cash in, like, Disney and... Because Disney well, also owns ESPN, is. and we, you know, we have ESPN. See, we still have ESPN Plus because we have um, the Disney app, well, the monthly. Maybe we do because you won't. We pay monthly for. Well, the thing is, when you sign up for Disney Plus, they offer for ESPN and Hulu. I don't choose those options because we currently have them through well, Verizon. Well, then you just have to switch it if you need to. And but that see, but this is the thing you got to watch for because I like Ghost Hunters. I like what they've been doing recently with that. Well, I have my mom's login, so we're good. And I don't know what channel that's on, but I think it's AMC. I don't know. I don't remember. But the the reality is, you're going to have all of a sudden all these apps that want their own material. So then you're signing up for all these different apps. I know. And it's all going to add up to what we're paying for for our, our stuff anyway. So you have to be careful with that. Because you don't need 20 different apps if you get it all with one product. You know what I mean? Oh, I hear you. But the problem that I have is a lot of cable. And this is what's happening across the country. Um, these companies are going to the cable providers and saying, you need to pay us more money for access to our stuff. So then... That's why, everyone, your cable bill is those broadcast fees that you see at the bottom that just keep creeping up every month. That's why those broadcast fees are getting higher and higher because they have to keep renegotiating with these different uh, companies yeah, like Hertz and well, who, Sinclair. Who, who, and who recently did that? That was... Um, that was, I think it Verizon was... Verizon and somebody. It, it was Verizon and, and Hertz, I think. It was our local station. So yeah. if if you don't have cable here uh, in Maryland, you need to either get a digital antenna, which for us, where our house is situated, it's virtually impossible to put a digital antenna anywhere and get a decent signal. Or you have to have cable, and these are just for local channels. 
I actually found an app though that does. It's called Lowcast. Anyway, um, so they were in in talks with our cable provider Verizon, and they were kind of holding. And the big thing about that is on that channel, the local channel, there are a lot of football games and a lot of other local baseball games and stuff too. So if that got cut from the cable package, people who have cable, they'd go to that channel, even though it's a local channel and it would be a blackout channel, which is stupid. And right now, I think I was saying this to Anubis. I'm like, I'm going to try and simplify this and we're going to just go with our streaming services. And then if there's something that he specifically wants to watch, there are these other streaming services that pick up local channels or pick up cable channels. So he's like, yeah, I want to watch so-and-so on AMC. We'll buy the That's app for one, like a month That's or probably something. the one good thing about the apps is that there aren't contracts. Like, so you can just like shutter. Uh, I do keep it, but like if I ever get to the point where I'm just thinking, okay, the content isn't really being updated, I'll just cancel it for a couple months and come back and there's like new stuff there. Disney Plus is the same way. And we've Disney done it. Plus probably hates it that people do that, but the reality is I've seen half of the shit that you have on there already, which is fine. It's nice to have them all in one central location, but the reality and is... And they're trying to do a lot of original programming, too, because they know they, well, they need have. to keep Well, that's the fine, people. but they need to put the fucking shit out. <laughs> you know, like... Tonight. WandaVision is coming out. Uh, Loki will be coming out. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming out. Great. Let's get them out there. Mandalorian's great. I love that series. So that's a hit at home run for them. They've got things for the kids. They've got that Cinderella um, reinvented movie I want to watch. There's all kinds of little things. And just like Netflix is doing, these streaming services are competing with each other because they know a lot of stuff that's going on right now is going to continue. We don't know how long. We don't, like, technically, Maryland is still in a state of emergency. We're not back to the shelter at home, which we had for a long time. However, we're still technically in a state of emergency. So everything is reduced. Reduced hours if you have to go to the doctor. Reduced capacity. Some places, they're like in Baltimore City, no restaurants, no nothing. Going to the movies is reduced capacity. So if you want to see things, these services are really trying to step up their game and give us, like, the best, you know, entertainment or packages they can give us. All right, well, anyway, if you go to Variety.com uh, and just search up Netflix 2021 new movies every week, it'll give you a breakdown of the list of stuff they've got coming out each month, or actually just in, in different categories. So you can check that out. Uh, we're going to move on to one of the new docuseries that we saw. And we do love documentaries. On uh, Netflix recently, it's about the Night Stalker, uh, Richard Ramirez, of course, who terrorized and murdered 12 people during a, a time span in 1985. And, and for me, it was <clears throat> it was kind of funny. We're watching it. It was, what, six episodes? And mm. it took me, like... No, actually, four, I think. It took me, like, one or two episodes when I was like, this is like American Horror Story, and and there is a character in American Horror Story who is him. Nineteen eighty four, and right? we're like, for me, it just kind of made me think, wow, like this is it, and the way they portrayed it in American Horror Story, 
like this group who actually you know that it, it's American Horror Story, so it's another horror out at the at the lake. But they were so ready to get out of town because of the Night Stalker, and they got jobs out of town that they actually made reference to it. And the Night Stalker shows up many many times, but they made reference to this, and apparently it was a huge deal. And for me, being on the East Coast, and I'm I was a kid in the 80s. I, d I don't really remember how scary that was for people. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I remember anything from that time period. Like, really, I, did, I didn't pay much attention to the news, and I was like 15, so... Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's an interesting story. I didn't learn about it until much later, but you know, the, the, the series itself really deals mainly with... Like, you don't even hear... Ramirez, I think he's been put to death anyway. He died. No, no, he died. He had, he got cancer. But you hear from the cops who were involved at the time, and of course, some of that. Uh, I forget one of the cops um, who was involved actually was Spanish, and he, you know, was at first laughed at for some of his theories about what was going on with some of these murders. And then later on, as they started getting more and more evidence, people were like, oh, yeah, you were right. It is a serial killer. He, right. he was starting to piece it together, saying something seems familiar. Right. And, uh, of course, Ramirez was just almost like a drifter in some ways that was just able to avoid them. But at the same time, he was pretty smart at keeping away from them. Like, he was picking the right places to get away with I mean... To be able to shoot somebody and not have anyone call the police or hear you really, uh, that's pretty scary within itself that you can see. Because he was spending time there, eating their food, uh, doing whatever. He was very, very bold. Yeah, yep. And it, what, what I found interesting, too, was this is the 80s before a lot of, you know, forensic files were available you you we watch forensic files and they're like oh get the dna oh fingerprints they he was wearing gloves because he knew about fingerprints but they got him on his shoe print because he wore a very unique shoe hey, in, yeah. a, in a unique size and they were able to what was it it was like the lot number was on the bottom of his shoe and they were able to trace his lot number back to the manufacturer and they started figuring out that only so many of these were manufactured and shipped to a certain area and they're like if we can figure out who bought this shoe i'm like this is crazy and even then it was they weren't really able to pin him down but you know the funny thing is, he as a serial killer, he also wasn't very consistent. He did a lot of different things. He kidnapped kids. Uh, molested and raped he, children. He killed just about anybody, old, young, whatever. He wasn't, it was no real pattern to what he was doing other than the fact that the police knew that there was one type of footprint that was often at these crime scenes. And so... You start thinking, what motivates that? Right. Like, for me, I, I guess because I'm... I'm not thinking in that manner. I have no desire just to go and kill anyone. Like, for me, I have maybe... I don't know where he would get that kind of thought in his head. Maybe he was schizophrenic. Maybe they didn't do enough. Well, their theory was that, you know, his childhood trauma was a, a catalyst for a lot of what he was doing. Um, but for a guy like him who, when they finally arrested him, he had, had no priors except for, like, little petty thievery stuff. 
Um, so it, it was like he kind of just went from one thing to the next extreme. Um, but of course, you know, as you said, he was emboldened, and then he started playing off of the whole like Satanism thing, drawing pentagrams, and you know. I often wonder if he really thought he was a Satanist or if he was doing it for attention. And I know that sounds. I think it's more for attention, and I think, but that's the thing about the American horror stories that they played off of mm-hmm. all that. Using that as, like, for what their character was in the show. Um, but, yeah, it, it's really crazy just him doing that. And then, of course, we saw also, much like Ted Bundy, like, once he was arrested, he became, like, a fucking star. And, like, there were groupies. Well, that's the same thing with him, with Ramirez. Uh, he, um, because he was handsome. Mm-hmm. That that was the thing. Like people were sending him naked pictures. People, women, women. were sending. There na- may have been men. We, yeah, we, we saw the women pictures, but same thing with Ted Bundy. Like the amount of people who were just like enthralled with his image. It's like I can't imagine that someone that handsome is capable of doing horrific things. Pretty people are mean too. All right, just just FYI, but yeah, he wasn't really dumb. Like you know, he had he had his representative lawyers and stuff, and they were you know he was like pleading not guilty to all of it. Well, I mean, I mean, in some cases, you know, they would just go ahead and admit to something when they knew they were caught, but not him. He wasn't like that. I think it's kind of interesting. Just it took years years to finally catch up with him and he had some victims who survived a lot of them did i mean he was and uh, especially the kids like i I, just let them go i think with him too um he is he is handsome but i also think that because he looks kind of generic if that's when they were trying initially, when his first victim kind of came out and she, well, not his first victim, but the one who first survived, they actually had him in a lineup, I believe, and she couldn't pick him. And I think because he just looks like a guy, mm-hmm. like just a guy with dark hair and he doesn't look foreboding and he looks kind of generic. Yeah, so- he was tall and lanky and. I mean, he was actually kind of a big guy. He wasn't, I mean, he was fit, but he wasn't, like, built like a, a tank or anything. You know, he was just, like, he was strong enough to do what he needed to do. A lot of times he was climbing in windows, so I'm sure his height helped with that. And I, I find what's really fascinating is I didn't know anything, like, details about this until I watched the documentary. And now it's like, I want to read a book because... He's horrific. And I, I... This documentary went to the extreme. They pulled up old crime video and photos. And it really is not meant for children at all. It's it is not. very graphic. And I, I'm just so surprised for me. Like, I... And again, I was a child when this was all happening. But there are so many things out there that, like we just it just kind of passes and goes away especially because i'm not on the west coast i'm not in california blah 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 so 
watching it and you really are kind of seeing the timeline of how things build and you're they're interviewing victims and they're interviewing the police officers and the FBI agents and you see how emotional they get because the one FBI agent Corello he um he actually asked his family to go away because Actually, I think they chose to go away because what happened was one of the murders had taken place literally like down the street from them. And didn't they find their window was messed with or something and they were concerned that it might have been related to it? But it, it had such a hard impact on everyone in the community, you know, law enforcement and then just regular people like you and I. And when they're talking about it, you you see the emotion and... It was it was a very impactful series to watch. Yeah, when I you know you're gonna see various articles on some of them criticize like how the doc was done, but like the one article I'd seen actually touched on something that I think is really true about the series itself. Is it it wasn't so much about Richard Ramirez as it was about the the family and the kids and the the cops involved and the people in general. Exactly, it was about the community that were so just distraught when, over when what's you, happening when you learn about how he was eventually caught he was he, he was actually out of state when they were getting close to him he had come back into cali and, and that's the, how bold he was he could if the he, bus station is when he realized oh there might be cops there that's right so and he it, was like like showering at the bus station and oh crap but then, like, he got seen, like, in a store and on the bus. He was riding a bus, and another person was reading a newspaper with his face on it. And he did not know at the time that they had already gotten his name and his, his, his look and his photo. So by the time he's seen on a bus and gets off, he, there are people already on his tail. I mean, we're talking, like, lynch mob people who really want to do him harm. Uh you can say, luckily, he didn't. They didn't get to him, but, you know, the, there was, like, one cop who was there just like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. Because he managed to arrest him and put him in the uh, squad. But they knew. Cup. They knew who he was. Right. But then again, we go back to now he's glamorized and he's got all these groupies. And when people see him on TV and he's handsome and you saw in the in the court video where it's like, all these women were same thing just with Ted Bundy. Yeah. They're just there looking at him because he's hot. And, oh, it's just, there are parts of this documentary that are absolutely just chilling. It's a very impactful documentary. But it's worth it. Um... But again, this is this is not for children. It, it's like PG-13 R-rated plus because they do show actual crime video and they have right. and testimonial I, and from like, um, actual victims. Some of the complaints about it are from people who watched it and said it's you know graphic, but I'm like they give you the forewarning before you even start the series that it's going to contain you know violence, nudity, whatever. Uh, so you should be aware of that and as adults, you know, with kids, you don't let them watch this kind of stuff, obviously, unless you feel like they're old enough and ready to handle it. Um, but good series to check out. Uh, it's called Night Stalker. You yeah. and I both really, I mean, I don't want to say we enjoyed it because it, but we, well, we, enjoy we found it very interesting. Yeah. We, we do not enjoy that kind of activity, but right. we, we, found, we felt that it was 
very informative and we also found that they covered the material extensively all right let's give some more music uh, i've got a track from hard life promotion in this block Woo! We'll kick it off with uh richie's band grave huffer sights to the to the sky i am buzz aldrin and i was the lunar module pilot on apollo 11.
just landed. Roger, twang, tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.
Sometimes it might be a cross between thrash and heavy metal, depending on what we have. But uh, yeah, for the most reason, I mean, I try to keep everything similar and vibe when we go do these things. Um, so probably like two weeks ago, I know you've probably heard us talk about the Fat Samurai guy who does his YouTube channel. We with, love him, Fat Fat with a P H A T. Not yeah. he's he's on YouTube. We love him. He is hysterical. He's a big Samoan though, so don't. Is he Samoan? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I I didn't know. I remember he was joking about he, well, lives, he, was, he lives in California and well, uh, I think people call him Spanish, but I, don't, I think he's I don't Samoan. think he's Spanish. He said he's not Mexican, but he was. When he was working somewhere, a bunch of people were like, yeah, that's my Mexican brother or something. He's like, I'm definitely not Mexican. So, But he's he's awesome. He's funny. He loves Godzilla. He loves, you know, everything, everything that, we that we like. And he, he always is wearing, like, a heavy metal shirt or something. And he just seems... He and his wife, Lady Batblood, seem like people that I would genuinely like to like go to dinner or something with, right? Oh, yeah. They seem so cool. I I, I think between the four of us, we just would talk all day about different things. Just that, random shit, too. We'd be like, remember and that... And it's funny because, you know, you and her act very similar to me and him. Like, just, like, when I watch my video, they behave the same way that we Well, do. remember when we were first watching, um, the new Godzilla, and I said the exact same thing that she said, like, enough with the people, I want more monsters, yeah. and that they kind of, like, they kind of spoiled all the good things in the trailer. Dude, they released, like, five or six of them. That was their biggest mistake. I mean, I was already pumped. Like, after the first Yeah, the couple. first, we're like, yeah, one, that's all you need. But they kept trying to, like, pump you up more. And then when we go to watch the movie, it's... Meanwhile, Godzilla and Kong is due out in Maine. We haven't got one fucking trailer yet. And dude. maybe maybe they heard us. Yeah, maybe, but, like, I think my, my concern is they may have been paying too much attention and now went, started off doing one thing, like, hmm... Look at listen to these fans, man. I, I think we gotta change some shit. It's like a whole like Suicide Squad thing here going on. Um, but we'll have to see what happens with that. But through Samurai Guy and his show, and with Lady Fabloid, and he has a lot of other guests that do different things. Uh, the Asian music, uh, Asian movie enthusiast with Eric Sentry. Uh, who does his own thing, and of course, uh, this other guy, Chaos, I think you just started doing shows with. Uh, they all bring their own thing into together, and they're doing these verses, like, you know, is it really that bad? Uh, or they compete, you know, with this movie versus this movie. 
either way, uh, they do a lot of uh, review reactions and stuff like that. But one of the things that came up, and we always talk about like either martial arts, horror, uh, action, whatever, sci-fi. Uh, one of the things that came up was the series in 1987 called Werewolf, and I don't think many people will remember it because it was very short-lived. But you loving werewolves. I, I remember it then, and I was like really, really excited because, one, uh, from all the promos leading up to the show's debut uh, was very, I think the werewolves look like werewolves. They're not swear wolves, you know, they look like werewolves. And uh, really reminiscent of like the Howling and American Wolf in London. So it's got that kind of appeal about the, the actual um, effects, which are important to me because they really haven't gone back to that a lot. I know, you like the more realistic like transformations versus the let's get crazy cgi and oh we're gonna be all like oh this giant big thing i mean don't get me wrong like in the underworld series they did a good job with those particular werewolves um the lichens like they look like actual werewolves you know i've just i've never been big on the like the wolfman looking thing you want it to look like a a beast right right so, you know, it just depends on your preference of how you like your werewolves. Um, I'm more wolf than man when it comes to what I expect out of it. So, either way, uh, the show itself centered around um, a guy named Eric Cord who one night his best friend comes in and says, I need you to stay the night with me and stay up. And you need to take this gun. And if I, because he tells him that I think I'm a werewolf, I think I've been killing people because there's been all these crazy stuff. things happening. Right. So his friend Eric, of course, is like, ah, dude, you just need to get some sleep or some shit. You know, you're not killing people. <laughs> so basically, they're in chairs across from one another, and sure enough, sure as shit, uh, Eric's friend begins to transform, and at first he's like. Not even, you know, because he had put the gun. It was almost like a scene out of Silver Bullet where Gary Busey's character is like, this, I just I feel like a horse's ass, you know. I love that movie. Right. So Eric is kind of feeling like that. He's like, why am I here dealing with this shit? This is, he's not a werewolf. Of course, then when shit starts turning south, uh, he gets scratched or bit and ends up shooting his friend, killing him. However, mm-hmm. he is now cursed with uh, the lichen tree. And... With what? To be a werewolf. So, the one of the tell signs of it is, once they, before they transform, they have, this is almost weird because it's like the Night Stalker shit, uh, a pentagram appears on their hand and starts to bleed. So they have a pentagram that's constantly on their hand, but when they begin to transform or start to, it starts to bleed. Um, Now, um... I'm trying to remember. Chuck Connors played like the main villain in all this. Uh huh. And he's like the lead werewolf. He's the one that everyone is comes from. He's the spawn. You know, he's the one that started. So he's off. like the head. He's he's the uh, alpha. Right. So basically, what this this type of werewolf show follows is. In order to get rid of the curse, at least in theory, you got to kill the head guy. Now, the flip side of that is Connor's character. 
uh, is named Janos Scorzenzi. Scorzenzi, yeah. Who would rather try to teach Eric how to be an asshole and kill people and do all that shit because he's just a bad guy. Uh, I always remember the character of Connor because I think he, at the time, he actually lived on a boat. So he was kind of like a captain of his own little boat. That's on hysterical. A dock. And he had like an eye patch and all this stuff. So it was really menacing and whatnot. You know, we always kind of joked, you and I, we we're going to just buy a giant yacht and sail around and have no real house. Right. So, anyway, I only got through like three or four episodes. Um, what platform is this on right now? Well, I, I don't know if it's actually on any platform. People have said that the whole series is on YouTube. I had to search it out. Oh. Supposedly there's like 24 episodes. Now, granted, at the time that I was watching this, you'd get it once a week. And either I got busy with other things or couldn't watch it, whatever. I never kept up. And by the time was I was... back in the day when you didn't have on-demand viewing. No, yeah. yeah. Either you recorded this shit, which, you know, at the time I wasn't very literate with the VHS recorder. So I'm at the mercy of when it gets put on the air. And so anyway, by the time I really wanted to keep watching it, it got canceled. It just didn't last. It wasn't... I hate that. We, we've had a couple of shows like that. Um, the one with What's-His-Face from... Um, Touching Evil? Yes. That was such a great show. And we're like... Now, granted, he went on to do Burn Notice, which really did well, but uh, it's Michael. Was it Michael something? What was his name? I forget his name. The actor's name. He's really good. Uh, anywho, uh, for some reason, BloodyDiscussing.com says that this particular series is clawing its way to obscurity. Now, I don't know if by their article they're trying to say that the show is somehow going to be picked up again or re-released. I mean, um, I'm surprised something like Shudder hasn't picked this up because they... Well, they... I think part of the problem is I don't think this was ever put on DVD. I don't think it's even available. and That's part of the problem. Is just getting access to it? So here we go. Um, yeah, so where was it? was at a high risk of becoming another lost TV show after Shout Factory's planned release in 2009 was canceled on account of music rights. So they're having a hard time just getting this shit out again through different copyright things. Now, one of the issues, of course, I didn't mention was part Chuck Connors had apparently had some behind-the-scenes issues with everybody and got fired or had to leave the show, so they, they abruptly ended his character or whatever, so... Um, says French distributor Elephant Films just released a series in full. Fans, both existing and prospective, now have access to one of four televisions, Grizz and Jim. So maybe I need to find so that. So we have to find that uh, so app, I guess. No, it's not an app, it's a company, Elephant Films. Interesting. Yeah. So they bought the rights to it. Yeah, so that, yeah, so that's basically, I gotta go do some research. Mm -mm. And hope that it wouldn't cost me an arm and a leg to buy. Well, when I'm canceling the cable tonight, we talked about that. <laughs> but I, I thought it was really cool. Um, it's something that actually gets a show that gets overlooked, especially when we talk about werewolves and stuff. Because uh, we always think of movies and whatnot, some of the more classic stuff that's out there. Uh, this is one that just kind of went under the radar, and I'm glad that people are taking more notice. I know that Samurai Guy has not seen it, so... 
Hopefully, uh, he's able to find it either on YouTube or maybe even take the chance that he buys everything. Like he does, he's like, but see, we're the same way. Like, well, we're we're kind of that way with music. Um, he's with that with movies. Like we, we last night they were going over the whole Star Wars thing at the end of their show, and he bought like Last Jedi and Skywalker. Says he said he didn't really like them, but he but wants he to have the set. It. He wanted a set. <laughs> But, so that's just how he is. He even if he doesn't really care for it, he has some really bad movies. He just gets them. That's that's his thing. But we're like that just in general. Like if it's something, um, I know a lot of people now with streaming and the availability of things, they'll just get rid of their their DVDs and stuff. And we're like, no, we would like more DVDs. Well, we want more records. We want more. We the one time that we really did that, and that was like one of the best things ever. That I think you found. Was that um, Suncoast Video went down? They went under. That so, was so sad. The place has been open forever. And, but they were, I think it was like fifty percent off of their DVDs and stuff like that they had in there. So her and I, we went up there twice in like two days. Spent well over a hundred bucks on our each stuff. day. Yeah, it was. It was. And we got a bunch of Bond movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was happy. Yeah, I just we went through. We just found a lot of the movies we really really like. Uh, in some cases, I was completing series like Lord of the Rings or whatever, and just, you know, getting stuff that uh, normally, some of the Marvel stuff that we really liked, that we got, Bond, whatever, but that, those are the kind of moments that you live for, uh, even though you hate to see places like that go, because I, I, used, to, I always, used to always go there in the 90s and the early 2000s. Uh, it was a good store, and it just... Had nothing but like movies and it's so sad the way figurines. That... Which the other day, Neko got one of uh, Ash from uh, Evil Dead, uh, which was really cool that we added to our little case. Which... It's a, it's in my this curio cabinet, as you'd like to call it, belonged to my grandmother, so it is an old lady's curio cabinet, but it's very very big, and we I have moved all the cool stuff to the curio cabinet so there's godzilla and spawn and ash and who like there it's all of our our fun uh brandon lee eric draven mm -hmm. it's all of our kind Which of like, you actually did you get that for me i think you did i'm trying to think i think when we first got it together on, yeah um so that curio cabinet it belonged to my grandmother and she used to put her bird ceramic figurines <laughs> And I just kind of <laughs> gradually pushed everything out or to the bottom. But I, I don't have any of her bird figurines. I just, we put all of our fun stuff in there. Well, you used to have um, some of your Barbies that you collected. My Barbies are in containers. <laughs> and I said that to my mom the other day. I was like, where are all my Barbies? And these are fancy Barbies. And I told my mom, I'm like, when the Barbie market is hot, we've got some... We've got some rarities, because I, I have some that are, like, not available, clearly. And one of them is from 1989, and, and it's never been opened or anything. But I, that's what I did when, you know, before we moved in together. I, I had all my Barbies in there, and... But this, like, this is our, like, fun cabinet now. And it... it I, I can't... It's hard to describe because you look at it and you're like, this is an old lady's curio cabinet where you would put doilies, but Spawn is looking at you. <laughs> and I think I had some, like... 
when oh, the friend little, Chris and I were painting the little painting, for like, like Warhammer or some shit. Like there's one that you did where it's like a spider, mm -hmm. but it's like a mechanical spider. But it's so tiny that you put it together and painted it. And there's just like random, just cool shit in there. But it's an old lady's curio cabinet. That's, I like the irony of it, that's all. Alright, in our next block in music, this is all black metal. It's new stuff coming your way. we got a random Agmar in there, Slytherin, Who's as I Agmar? talked about. Iran Agmar. Ah, ah. Kick it off, though, some new Moongate's Guardian. And this is a band that a few years ago did a nice little tribute record to Summoning, so they're very cool. So here we go Moon Gates guarding a tale of graceful star.
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. Alright, closing out that last block, Slytherin, Wizards and Muggles. Yeah, that was Wizards and Muggles. <laughs> mm-hmm. You were digging it, I could tell. Mm-hmm. Symphonic black metal, not quite Dimmu War Gear, but hey. I think for me, when it comes to black metal, it's more of an independent band thing. Because... When you think, for me, when I start listening to black metal, and I don't like generalizing black metal, but every time I listen to it, it sounds like a bunch of trash can lids being banged together and nonsense. Yeah. So, when I hear something that falls under the black metal genre or umbrella or whatever you want to say, and it kind of piques my interest, such as Demu or Immortal. Even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I, I don't ever like to say that, oh, I, I hate, I hate black metal. But black metal is not my favorite at all. But I, I appreciate, and, and Apsu, like, I, I appreciate black metal a lot. You just really need to entice me. Yeah. It needs to be. It's got to have, it's got to be able to hook you in. Yeah, there. you got to give me a little extra. Uh, okay, so we're getting ready to get into our rock block here. We got some Kansas in there. <gasps> some Van Halen. I love Kansas. Neko's pick of the week. It's not my pick of the week, guys. Just FYI. <laughs> not Kansas. I did Kansas a while back. A while back. Um, but we're going to kick it off with some Punky Brewster. Yeah. Townsend. Recipe for bait. Hello, and welcome to Cooked on Phonics. The story of how a cheesy death metal band named Cryptic Corner became the punk phenomenon of the century when they realized they were making no money. Our story begins at a crappy little pub on a cheap beer night where our heroes are about to take the stage. This, although they don't know it yet, will be the last show they play as the infamous Cryptic Corner and the birth of the music business little babies, Punky Brewster. Let's listen in, shall we? Hey, turn the music down. Uh, welcome to a Tuesday night at Malone's, Surrey's hottest hole for rock and roll. Uh, tonight we got two for one tequila shooter specials. Uh, anyway, straight from Poland, we've got, uh, uh, hang on a sec. Oh yeah, Cryptic Corner. Uh, give him a round of applause. Oh, <laughs> 
back. But hey, can you play a punk beat? I, I, I think I can. Those guys are gonna kill us, man. We gotta do something up I'm here. Not, I'm not sure. Give me a second. Can you try? I'm just gonna. Yeah, that's it. That sounds good. How's that? It's good. Just wait. I gotta tune up, man. Just keep going. I gotta tune. Okay. Now we need some bass in here too. Hey, get that bass going. Oh, oh man, I don't like the way this crowd's acting. Just keep going, man. Keep going. Okay, I'm gonna put some guitar in. I got it. Okay, ready?
life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champion flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gilbert, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
clock is slow. I don't feel dirty. Yes, featuring the late, great Eddie Van Halen. Van Halen there with Hot Fatica. We were just chatting about uh, Varsity Blues and that scene in the, uh, in the strip, strip club. club yeah. <laughs> the day before a game. <laughs> and they're all out until dawn and they're all fucking hungover <laughs> the next day. Trying try to play and they're like just dragging ass. Oh my God. I love Varsity Blues. I remember when it came out, and I was just, well, I didn't even love football yet, but I loved that movie. Yeah, I mean, you've always gravitated towards it like that, um, any given Sunday, Remember the Titans. But see, I never saw uh, Remember the Titans or any given Sunday until after I met you. Right. So, it was kind of weird, you know, like, for me to like a football movie... Before I even met, before I met DJ Anubis, the only football game that I actively watched was when the Ravens went to the Super Bowl the first time, and it's mm, just it couldn't have been that. Well, yeah, unless the were... first time it was in two thousand before I met you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like I had gone to Super Bowl parties, and my parents had held Super Bowl parties when I was a teenager, and I just, like, was there, eating the food, and just, like, participating in the party. Eating the food. Yeah, eating the food. But the first time I actually sat down and watched a football game was the when the Ravens went to the Super Bowl that first time, and it was 2000, um... Before I was dating you, I was dating my ex, and um, my ex and I were really good friends with this other couple, and I'm still really good friends with this other couple, and my ex is still really good friends with this other couple. It just was like, we had this nice little party, the four of us, you know, wings, beer, watching the game, and it was almost like electrifying. We would, um, every time the Ravens would score... Everybody would open up their front door and start cheering. And this is in Baltimore and kind of like similar to our houses here. It was another row home. So yeah, I I never had gravitated towards football much until I met you. And But I always love Varsity Blues and, you know, I love that scene too. Because she was just like, remember they were talking Shocked. about... Shocked. Yeah. And remember like, wow, she has a nice car for a teacher's salary. Right. <laughs> How does she afford that? <laughs> Alright, so getting into your pick of the week. My pick of the week. So, 
My pick of the week is not, I don't want to call it controversial, but like, I know a lot of people who hate this song. A lot. And what really drew me to this song, I've heard it before I saw the movie, but was the movie Boogie Nights. And do you remember the scene where Dirk Diggler was trying to sell the fake drugs to that one, like, coked out dude who had the, um, fucking bodyguard and the kid running around throwing the little cherry bombs and stuff? It was this song, and there's one part where he's like, whoa, 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 stop! And he's like, but you're motoring! <laughs> so that one scene just cracked me up because Dirk Diggler is like so fucking scared because he's selling this dude who is rich, but he's like up to party and he, he's selling him like the fake coke and then like it turns into this big like like messy brawl. But then you have this like really kind of chill song playing in the background and I've always kind of dug it after that. So when did when did Boogie Nights come out? Like 99, 98? Yeah. And clearly this song, this song is from like the 80, yeah. So. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's a good tune. It's always stuck around and I remember the video for this was followed up by when you close your eyes, they kind of tied it in together video-wise mm -hmm. anyway. It was like a little theme. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so yeah, so what is the song we're hearing? We're listening to Night Ranger. Sister Christian, all the time has come. <laughs> all right, here we go. DJ Neko's pick of the week. Audio jump. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow and we will break new ground. From the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week. Christian, all oh, the time has come And you know that you're the only one to say Okay Where you go and what you're looking for You know those boys don't wanna play no more with you It's true
Victorify from Victoria, B.C. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing. Alright, DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko, headbanging. Back with you on Metal Time Radio Podcast, Hordes of Chaos, episode 99. So, a couple things to get to. I think the first one we'll just touch on a little bit because there isn't a whole lot of information regarding rapper, hip hop artist Dr. Dre. Who yeah, was, there's been kind of like. he's He had an aneurysm, right? And he posted like himself he's in the icu but he said he's doing okay but then there's um reports that he's still hospitalized a week after his aneurysm and there's not much um information like really it's all we know is he had an aneurysm he's in the icu yeah i think even the doctors don't know what's going on i guess they're still doing tests and whatnot but they want to try to narrow it down what the cause was in case he has another one you know they know how to deal with it but i mean it's literally a blood cock a blood a blood cock yeah a blood clot in your brain (laughs) that ruptures and that is sadly what took one of my friends tina Mm -hmm. um many years ago and so it's good that they caught it at a stage where they can manage it and but if there is a cause of it and they can find it but it's just been really crazy because there's been all these like speculations and rumors um apparently he's not been his marriage is not going so great so yeah a lot of crazy yeah stuff. like all these conspiracies like maybe his wife did it or oh God. yeah because she they're <coughs> they're working on um I don't know if it's necessarily a divorce, but there's some kind of agreement. Separation. Yeah, there's like a $2 million separation agreement right now between he and his wife, and they came to that agreement like a week before he had the aneurysm, so the timing is coincidental, and and of course all the, the gossip rags are just going crazy over it. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy. Um I mean, he's in Cedar sinai which is a major, major hospital that is equipped to handle something like that, but the only person I knew who ever had an aneurysm, she passed immediately when it happened, so luckily, and I'm hoping that this is him, like, doing the tweets and stuff, that he's capable of doing it, luckily they were able to manage it, and, and maybe... They just have him on some some blood thinners or whatever, but that's just so crazy. Like how the media picks things up, like the Enquirer and all those like you know second tier gossip magazines are like, yeah, his wife they had a bad marriage and now she's killing him. I'm like, oh, hello now. Let them roll. In other news, uh, model actress and heavy metal muse Julie Strain passed away on January 10th after a long battle with dementia, which neither Neko I knew anything about that. And she was only 58, which blows my mind. And I know there is a um, more advanced 
type of dementia that you don't think of like what you know your great grandparents get when they turn 80 and, and lose their teeth and walk around without their pants kind of dementia it's more of a um it's more of the type of dementia that robin williams was said to have gotten and we we, we do know that Ro robin williams sadly took his life but post-mortem he they his wife had said that he was suffering from parkinson's and an advanced stage of dementia that was more like an acute dementia that kind of took on and and i think that's the the type that julie had for her to be so young i mean robin was i guess in his 60s when it happened yeah and he um i think when you get this type of dementia, I, I forgot the name of it, but it there's different, like, one is more of a chronic dementia that starts when you're older and just keeps progressing and just slowly eating away at you, and this is more of, like, it hits you one day, and then six months later, you're just kind of, like, a shell of yourself, and I, I, I really feel bad because Julie was so young, and she was just, like... I mean, in this She's, article, I read, what was it, over a hundred movies, yeah, and... Yeah, she was an icon, and we did a episode on Screen Queens, like, a, a few episodes back, mm -hmm. and she was in that. It was from the early 2000s that it was made, and she was speaking a little bit in that, and, you know, she was one of those people that really embraced the role of the B-movie queen and all this other stuff, you know, some... Actors and actresses don't really look fondly on doing. Yeah, those they type feel of like films. it's beneath them, but she embraced it. Like she enjoyed everything about it. Yeah. So then, like you know, when in Heavy Metal two thousand, that, that sequel movie mm -hmm. I was telling you about, uh, she actually animated the voice for the animation Julie in the film. And of course, her likeness is what's used on a lot of the Heavy Metal covers. So, uh, she really was well-known and well-respected from her fan base. I feel like if you... She's one of those people, like, I, I get these updates on my phone, especially from, like, Twitter or, like, my news feed, and it'll say, when it said, you know, pop culture icon, actress model, Julie Strain passes away at 59, I'm like, who the hell is that? But then I opened it up, and I'm like, oh, no, not her! She's she's one of those people, like, if you would say something like, oh, Julia Roberts, you're like, oh, instantly, Julia Roberts, I know who she is. Julie Strain, you're like, I, I don't really know the name, but as soon as you see her, you've seen her and everywhere. Times, especially on the magazines. I mean, it's just, especially if you're older like I am, you'll, you'll remember a lot of old heavy metal you magazines. You old bastard. You old bastard. But she, she just, I love that. She just totally embraced this, I don't want to say be cultured, but that's kind of what it is. She embraced everything about it. She loved the heavy metal. She loved the B-movies. She was okay with kind of like, I don't want to say, uh, maybe like making fun of things, you know? Like, she didn't take herself so seriously that she felt like she was oh, I only do, I'm sorry, Shakespeare, and I'm only above... She was, she was very happy to be the heavy metal scream queen. Yeah, that, and it's just... When it comes to all the B-movies and whatnot, you know, nothing was too big for them. In fact, they almost lived for it. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, 
the girl, the woman that plays uh, in uh, Sleepaway Camp. Um, I think Angela played the character of Angela. I forget mm-hmm. her actress's name right now, but uh, she shows up on Joe Bob Briggs' show a lot. Uh, she just, whenever they do conventions, same way with Julia. Is Julia was they just love their fans. They don't. They're never unhappy being there. They they just take it all in. They accept that that's who they are. They love it, and they wouldn't change the world for it. So, and it's kind of crazy because you know. Like I'm saying, some people, some other actors might think this is beneath them, but it wasn't for her. She, that's the way she made her living, and that's what she enjoyed. And she was a centerfold, too. Like, she was, she, beautiful, beautiful woman. Super tall. She's taller than you. She was like six foot one. And, ugh. If you you were someone who ever saw, like, fantasy art, uh, like Louis Rowe, is someone I'm familiar with uh, in terms of artists. She is featured on a lot of the artwork. There's the barbarian woman and whatnot. So with the sword, dark, long black hair. That's her. That's Julia. And it's like most people even You just don't know the name, but you know who she is when you see her. Right. You've probably seen her and you just didn't know it at the time. It's so sad. She was only 58. Like... I mean that's not that that's far a away. Tough way to go too. It had. I mean, I, I just can't even imagine what she and her family are going through. And same thing with Dr. Dre. It's it's insane. Like, I guess we are getting old. Like, <laughs> to start thinking like this, it's so sad. There are lots of things that are just. I mean. Eddie Van Halen passed away not that long ago. All of our... It's been, like, we just talked about last week with Alexi Leha. Just so many people. And it's been, like, just a crazy year. Does this mean we're, like, getting to that age where our generation is just starting to cease to exist? Probably, because, you know, just we're getting older and everyone else is getting older. Who are already older than us, they're passing by. I'm like... Man, I feel like just not too long ago was the heyday for all this stuff. Right? I mean, God, I have my pager, and uh, I went to a, a phone booth and, and used my the phone booth to call somebody off of my pager, and everything was a little bit different. And I, I find it interesting that my four-year-old nephew has his own um, iPad and can FaceTime my dad. And, I mean, there there are no, I mean, it, there are pros and cons to everything, but it's just funny to see how different things are than when I was four. I I would never have even thought of anything like that. And I, I know it's just because the times are different, but yeah. it kind of, it kind of depresses me a little bit that things that we hold dear, like something simple, like we were talking earlier, Blockbuster or the mall like you i know corona right now but you just went to the mall there was no rhyme or reason you went to the mall and you got a soda and you oh god if we didn't have the type of entertainment especially for kids that we do now uh, even though we did have ataris and stuff like that in the late 80s early 90s but on the level that we have now with streaming and everything else we didn't have all that so like 
going, on Sesame going, Street. Going to uh, Hollywood or Blockbuster, you wouldn't be able to do because of Corona. Mm-hmm. Unless they just allowed only a certain amount, but then you're touching different things, so then that's like a whole other... But even schools, like, everything's virtual right now, what, what we just wouldn't go to school? Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Yeah, they would. I don't know how they would handle that. Like, it's it's really fortunate that technology has allowed us, as much as we hated it at times, it's also allowed us to keep going and doing things that we normally wouldn't do. Working from home, all this other stuff, is because we're able to do that, um... Yeah, it's crazy. Now, what do you think, in your opinion, because you are a person who has, again, you're you're older than teenagers, clearly, but, you know, the kids have fully embraced the smartphone, and they grew up with the smartphone, and, you know, as an adult, we, we, we always kind of make the jokes, you know, old people don't know how to embrace technology. And, you know, you and I are old people now, but you are a person who has embraced every new technology as it comes out. New video games, new types of streaming, etc., new microphones, whatever you're embracing. In your 50 years on this earth, what do you feel like technology-wise, was something that kind of, like, really, I guess, I don't want to say your favorite, but has been, like... The biggest impact. The biggest impact. Thank you. I couldn't get the words out. Uh, I would say, and people are going to hate, and this might actually play into our next discussion, um, the MP3. I was thinking about the other day, when I first met you, um, at that time, I think I was still, we were both carrying, like, cases of CDs in our car. And you were making me CDs to, you know, just, hey, check out these, these new artists or check yeah, it was out like, this song. it was like the next level of mixtape. It was a mixed CD, and the thing is, like, when I discovered through Chris because of Napster and everything else, the MV3, that was, at the time, that was just on, well, we weren't able to put on CDs. I was, that was when I was starting to do my own CDs, make them up, but... Oh, you got creative <clears throat> with those, too. He would, oh, make, yeah. he would make his own CDs and CD cases, yeah. and it was it was adorable. He would hand me, he's like, I made this for you. <laughs> and he printed out a CD and all the list of the names on the back. But I, I hear what you're saying, especially because... Remember in 2002, you and I, or it was it 2002 or 2003 when you got your focus? It was right Three. when, yeah, it was yeah. right when we were still kind of new. And you weren't, we weren't even living together. You were still living with your roommates. But what, first, he loved the car because, you know, oh, it's great. It's econ- economy. He wanted the, the manual and, oh, what, but. The selling point for him was the radio was an MP3 player. So it takes up no space on a CD. So he could put a hundred MP3s to a a CD disc and pop it in. He was just like mind blown. And he's like, look, I've got 200 songs. This is my death metal mix. So even though I was still carrying CDs... It was one CD with 100 songs. It, it wasn't never my originals. It was like, oh, I can just rip a bunch of favorite songs, put them on a blank CD, and stick them on... Like, I can have, instead of 10 original CDs, I would have 10 
uh, you know, CDRs that I would have made with. And the MP3 is like a much smaller file than a WAV file, so it's just like it takes up a fraction of. But then, of course, you know, the, the iPod came out. Oh, God. Did you ever tell them your iPod story? Which one? First iPod, DJ Anubis. He didn't quite get the concept of eBay with the (laughs) online bidding. So he thought that he could just go on eBay and whatever one that he won, that was the one that he paid for. And he was just bidding on these iPod, the iPod classics, mind you, the old school with the little round, and he still has it. Mind you, I mean, this is going back. It's pretty much going on a shitter now. Yeah, but still, it still works. He went on eBay, and he was seeing all these really good prices for these iPods, so he would put in, and I'm like, how many bids did you do? You're like, yeah, like six or seven. I'm like, you do realize you have to pay for all of these if you win them? And he's like, no, I don't. I only pay for the one that that's, that's the cheap. No, it is not a store. <laughs> it's an auction. It was really funny. But I, I I believe you. I believe you that the MP3 was kind of like your your groundbreaking, impactful technology because you fully embraced it. You had the iPod. You had the Focus back in 2002 that had... And it wasn't popular. It was like very specific to that car where it was like, it has MP3 technology. Where now every fucking car has it, but... It was just kind of crazy, and for you, everything's always been about the music, so when you can consume music in a very uh, efficient and, you know, interesting way, now, his car now is so fancy, it has the CD player, it has the auxiliary, it has the Bluetooth, and it also has a USB port where he has this little teeny tiny USB thumb drive that holds, like, two terabytes worth of information, and he puts all his music on that now, pops it in his car, and it's right up on the little touch screen. Yep, no uh, more hassle. I, just... I mean, it's crazy. That's how it is. That's, but that's the thing. Like, what I was saying up the other day, just technology-wise, like, we're down to a thumb drive. And when I say this thing is tiny, I had to find a And currently ca- my a thumb case. drive has, like, 6,000 songs on it. So that shows you just how much, like, just think of... How you used to have all your CDs, there's no way I would be able to keep 6,000 songs of CDs in my car. It'd be like At a most, stack what's there. it like? At most, a CD holds maybe 15? Yeah, 20 or whatever yeah. CDs. So, again, we are very, very big fans of physical media. DJ Anubis, he cut his CD collection in half, but we still ha- he still has hundreds of CDs. We have vinyl and tapes and... You know, everything, we love it, but we also like convenience, too. You have to. Like, there's just so much out there now, especially with us doing the show and me listening to new music every week. It's like, it's hard enough for me to keep up. There's a lot, There's still so many bands that I don't get to listen to because there's just not a time. So, I have to be selective. I, you know, of course, I get these bands from these promotional sites and labels. Well, see, they make it easy for you, too, because they send you the the links, and you can just download it, put it on your little drive, and... Well, that, but just, you know, at least with that, like, I know that they've already kind of done the research and the work. You know, I don't get to play all of them that they send me, because they send me so much stuff, but, 
In some cases, just singles, which is fine. You know, they say, yeah, we want to play this on the radio. It's a single from this band. It's like, all right, well, we'll do that. Uh, but, you know, any given week, I can have 40 to 50 albums that come out, new ones, that aren't even related to the labels and stuff. And then I have to weed through those down to at least... 10 or 15 that I'm actually going to sit and listen to and that's that's really you know you sit there and say wow there's a lot of bands you're not listening to that's just how it is there's so much out there so even for those bands that I listen to if I find like five records that I like I'll take some of the songs I like off those records and I'll stick them on my thumb drive that but that I couldn't do that if I had to burn CDs every other day or keep like five booklets of CDs in my car just it's it's just too much shit in a way so the thumb drive is just so much more convenient I can you can just put on random and play whatever I want so devil's advocate and we we kind of touch on this every now and then do you think like having all of this music accessible to you is a good thing for the music industry or a bad thing well, we're going to get to that question in the next break. Oh, really? Because Mr. Marco Hatella, who left Nightwish, which is our topic, has touched on a little bit of some of that. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But up next... We have uh, some death metal coming your way. New stuff from Hivemind. Uh, Quabar PR sent us Dead Ex- Exaltation. Which is really cool shit. And then we're going to get off some classic Morbid Angel from Alter of Madness. Oh, I know you love that. Chapel of Ghouls. Here we go.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you would find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you out. Seriously. <laughs> All right, DJ Nevis. And DJ Neko. Back with you. Talk a little bit about Nightwish. So, get us up to speed. I saw, this is another one. My phone, bloop. Oh, yeah. Alert, uh, alert. Alert, alert. Marco is leaving Nightwish. And I text you and say, Marco is leaving Nightwish. And I, I like... I don't know the full story. I'm just sending him a message. He's at work, of course. Well, I we got to back up a little bit because a few months back, you know, obviously when I started doing this podcast again, I wasn't wasn't with the intention of having her with me because I, you know, she's always busy. However, she took an interest and wanted to be more involved. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I need another you know, sidekick. sidekick. So a few months ago, I'm like, well. Because, you know, I'm doing all the music things. I'm trying to find topics. Sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's not. So I'm like, well, how about you try to find some stuff to talk about? Because you're always perusing the web while you're doing your things. And you come across some interesting subjects here and there. So she does that. And, of course, that's what she's telling you now is that she gets these alerts about random things. Uh, Julie Strain and uh, Marco and stuff like that. So Yeah, anything I find interesting, sometimes it's... Not great, but I thought this especially was was pretty significant because he, we're fans of Nightwish and have listened to Nightwish for a long time, and he's been with Nightwish twenty years. Yeah, a long time. So when I saw this and I messaged Anubis, he's like, "Oh, yeah." So what it comes down to is, and I'm just gonna read a little bit off here of Loudwire. Basically, he says, he expressed his disenfranchisement with the music industry, which has endured another major shift in recent years with the rise of digital streaming platforms. Now, this goes back to what Neko was saying about, you know, downloading MP3s, band camps, uh, streaming sites like that, Spotify. Uh, And I think... For some musicians, like, I don't know how it all plays into them. I know I've seen them gripe about the type of uh, money they get from these streaming sites. Like, it's not a whole lot. No, usually it's like fractions of a cent. Right. So, despite the fact that they've tried to be better about taking away the downloading portion of it and trying to find ways... For bands to kind of like modernize themselves in terms of how they put out their music, how it gets to their audiences, how they can skip the middleman with the labels, because that's also another issue with a that lot was, of bands. That was the big thing with the larger bands, especially in the 80s, where, you know, they are making 
buku bucks, but then when they realize, I'm not talking just like metal bands, metal bands, rap groups, everybody is realizing that their promoters and their managers and the labels, okay, so yeah, you might be making $2 million, but your promoter is making $13 million off of you. And those type of deals are just not, they just don't happen anymore. Yeah, and that's the thing, like... We, we talked about it probably some time ago. Um, fuck, who's that band that was at um, HFS Festival that they signed away all their rights to their music and because the guy was really into drugs and he wanted the money right then and there. Everclear? Yes. Yeah. So those are the kind of shady things that goes on. Now, obviously, he's a grown man and made his own decision there. But, but yeah, that, he, he got paid off. And so, so ba- yeah, and that, it, he doesn't own his own music anymore. So, so all those hits, whenever they get played or get put on the movie soundtracks, all the royalties go to the label and the agent who manages to score that. From mm-hmm. and, and it's a shame because, you know, I mean, obviously that's kind of an outlier in terms of the reasons why he lost his music. But it wasn't uncommon. This is something Napalm Death dealt with with Earache early on was... It was a real power struggle between them and the label because early on in the late 80s, early 90s, these metal labels would uh, have certain core bands they would feature. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it started becoming saturated and too many bands were on a label. Too many of them were getting promoted over the other ones. Or they would get, like, they'd give them a contract because they see their, like, premiere album that they made on their own or with very little help they'd sign them and then they'd they kind of like what happened to kitty mm-hmm, they just mm-hmm. kind of forced them like we need another album we need another, and it, it didn't evolve in a natural way it was more like you need to just keep pumping out music until we tell you to stop pumping out music and then when it's not great music because they're like pump out more music pump out more music and then it's not selling then they just drop yeah, it's you that, and you, see endless touring that's mainly for the main major acts but for like mainly the metal scene is whatever little money the band was trying to make the label and agents were again taking a large portion of that and that was always the crux between even if you go back to the 70s with those rock bands like the Eagles and all that, I guarantee despite the amount of money those bands made the labels and agents made a lot well, more remember that documentary we watched about Chicago mm-hmm. like it was mind blowing yeah so here it is we have streaming now to kind of like smooth some of that over supposed to level the playing field it gives everyone an opportunity especially band camps and all that stuff like all these independent artists that we deal with nuno and all them that can do this stuff themselves they don't have the push that labels can provide but the reality is they don't have to worry about being hijinks out of their fucking money either because <laughs> like whatever little money they make even now they would make almost nothing with the labels because they have to pay them mm-hmm. to this dude's promotion to you know get the word out, put them on tours, etc. So now a lot of these smaller bands like Nomas, whatever, they just communicate with each other. They kind of build up their own little following, and that's, right now, that is what matters. You need to have a group of people who are passionate about your music. So if you are a smaller band, you need to 
keep up with your presence. You need to keep engaging with your fans in order to... Which is another benefit of social media. Exactly. Like, right now I'm seeing the bands that are, I guess, kind of being the most successful or the artists that are being the most successful. Half the time, they're doing little Facebook Lives or Instagram Lives. Little things that kind of keep you connected because, hello, we haven't been to a concert in a year. So... That's what I find kind of fascinating about today's day and age, whereas it it doesn't feel that long ago, but I keep forgetting how old I am. You, you used to have to stand in line to get concert tickets. There was no order it online and there's no a digital download. Oh, yeah. You'd stay overnight. You'd be camping, camping out. out. <laughs> yep. And... So now you can buy them online. You have digital tickets in your in your phone. It's just, I feel sometimes you just kind of get pushed back away from, like, being right with the artist. But in order to keep you engaged with your fans and keep the fans engaged with you, you have to embrace this digital technology. And, I mean, I've seen it. From like from huge celebrities like Kelly Clarkson to just sm- smaller bands or or people just members of bands where they're like, I'm gonna just show you some riffs I've been working on and they'll go on Facebook Live and people will just give thumbs up or whatever. But for Marco, it seems to be that at this stage, like you know, because they they're a twenty year old band as well, so they remember the heydays when. They were kind of like the biggest thing, and there wasn't all this other competition. And they were being signed to tours and signed to these like Ozfests and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, ultimately, you know, he he thinks that it's just, it's not mentally good for him to be in the band right now, and he's going to try to do some other things, which is important. Your mental health is important, and if you're not finding the inspiration or motivation to continue on, regardless of what the reasons are, then you know, it's time to step away, so that's what he's done. Uh, he may come back, you never know, but... Um, well, I mean, remember, Devin was suffering some severe depression, too. Well, and Devin went through the same thing with Strapping Young Lad. That, that last record, The New Black, that he did, um, was rushed out because Devin was trying to just fulfill that contract mm-hmm. because they were doing exactly what you said. They were like, okay... You Give us out, another song. Give you us put out an alien that's it did a big hit for you, so let's let's get something out out there and, and you know try to rush it out there. And he doesn't like to rush, so now he's his own boss. He does his own music when he's ready and he does it how he wants to do it. And that's sometimes how you have to go about it if you've got you know the right time and effort and money to do that. Not everybody does, but I mean it's nice in this day and age that musicians have the ability to kind of create their own path without having... I mean, there was no at-home recording studios like you have now. You had to go and you had to use a producer and this and that. It just wasn't achievable before. But now it's it's possible. You have these tools now as a musician and so does everybody else. So well, you have to be able to stand out even more than you did before. When I think about the tape trading days, you know, where when Metallica got noticed and everything, uh, there were other bands at the time doing the same thing. However, 
it's much harder to stand out when you got a guy sitting in an office trying to go through 50 tapes rather than just going online and clicking a band here or there and say, oh, okay, well, this is nope, not really my thing. You can skip right over. You don't have to do it through all the whole, the whole work of it all to find these bands anymore. So. But do you feel like it's getting more saturated or is it just more available? Both. Well, the saturation could, I mean, you can, we, we do it all the time where we go back in the 80s and say, oh, yeah, I don't know how I missed this band way back then. Like, for one, for me, one band was uh, actually a couple of bands, Sabat and Morbid Saint, uh, two that I've gone back and discovered who I had, who I knew by name, just didn't ever take the time to listen to that I really, really liked. Um, so now, you know, we have a, a lot more people with access to the web and band camps and stuff like that, and these individual artists who do their whole collective package uh, are out there, and they just, you know, with social media, that's the best way you can get garner attention with people. I get PMs from people. I got one back in end of December that I missed. I just wrote the guy back today that sent me a track. Uh, that's very much like the whole um, Danheim or Ivar Bornson, the that's the kind of like Viking pagan. Oh, neat! So we'll be playing that on our next podcast. But that's what happens is they see what maybe I post or Neko posts on Instagram or on her Twitter. I've been really bad on social media lately. I have to get better. I'm sorry. But the the point is is that and she's supposed to have like a contest for people too. To oh, do I something. didn't even. I I didn't even you. I know. I know. She's slacking a little bit. I am slacking, you know, personal issues, blah, blah, blah. But should I explain the contest now or um, just give a let's little... Let's do it at the end. Okay. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you know, with social media and everything like that, they're able to catch on because one person will see it and they'll, they'll share it or they'll, they're friends with them so they'll see them posting it and they're like, oh, okay, let's check this out, what this is. Because I see posts sometimes... From people that I'm not even friends with, but my friends comment on their posts. And I think sometimes to be successful is you have to you have to hook your audience. You have to be engaging. So if you find yourself as a band, you're almost like a marketing expert too. So you have to put out content not that's only your music, but you have to engage your potential audience as well. So you say to yourself, well, who is my potential audience? Oh, metalheads aged, you know, 18 to 45 and this and that. And you have to kind of think and get creative in a way that you know that these people are going to pay attention to you. And it's, it's so crazy because like Facebook and there are marketing firms that do this. You can just pay for the exposure now. And sometimes, you know, again, it's way cheaper than being part of a um, a record label or a promotions label like back in the day. But you have, it's, even today, there's a game that you have to play in order to engage your audience. And it's very rare. Well, that that's the key. Um, we know for a fact that even in our own industry, our industry of what we do, there's tons of other ones that do the same thing. They have a little bit of different formats. Um, some do it through YouTube. Some do it through other radio shows. Uh, some have been doing it longer and been, you know, have a bigger following. But the same way, we have to find ways for us to 
not only reinvent ourselves but make our shows interesting enough for for you all to listen and, and download and, and listen and promote them so we try to do that and that's the thing like you know even if we're not your cup of tea there's always gonna be some other show that is um some are genre specific um some are uh terms of like i said youtube they do that kind of stuff where it's more visual um and that's just you know that's how it is there's but there's a lot out there for it's saturation again it's just a lot out there even when i first got into internet radio back in 2005 there were still like at the time that i knew of four or five radio stations already up and running at that point that already been doing it for a while so it's out there just like music you know there's plenty of it and i know that we've had people comment on different things for us too some people really like our commentary. Some people just want to listen to the music, and we appreciate that. We like hearing your uh, input. Yep. All right, well, let's get back into some music. I talked about it early in the show. This band, Dread Sovereign, is one of my favorites of 2021. Oh, I got to hear this one. Also got some Watchmen from... Who Miller watches Devastator. the Watchmen? Yeah. And Black Pyramid from Grand Sounds provided by them. So here's Dread Sovereign from their latest release. This is called Devil's Bane. <laughs>
coming at you live on Metal Tavern Radio. This is Mike Alvord from Mind War. Turn it up and remember, speak
right, DJ Nubis. And DJ Nico. Back with you, getting ready to close out this edition of the Hordes of Chaos, episode 99. I love that this is episode 99. I mean, I know I haven't been here for all of them, and I, when I'm... You've been here for most of them, though. Right, when I'm away, I try to listen to them as much as possible. I, it's just our little thing that we do, and I try to explain it to people, and explain the purpose of the show, or... Like, even if I'm telling a family member or something, it's, for us, it's not just about the show, but it's about hanging out together, you know? Because we have a passion for it. Exactly. So, I came up with an idea, and I'm going to make it happen, I promise. It's just, I've kind of been involved with a lot of stuff going on at, at home and with my mom and everything, but... DJ Anubis and I really would like some more liners. Like, yeah, we're a bit overdue for some fresh blood. We would love yeah, some liners. Granted, granted, I have a lot of good stuff that I've had over the last couple of years, but it's time for some. I think Nomas was the last time that we got a new one. Yeah. I mean, and before that, there it's been a while. And honestly, any liner that you send us we would love to use with your permission but i wanted to try to make it a little competitive like have a contest between all the bands to see who could make the best liner and um i'll work out the details i'll make a facebook post i'll tag people who i think are interested in this and you tag your friends too who might be interested just a liner maybe about 15 to 30 seconds. Hi, this is band XYZ and you're listening to the Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. Boom. Simple. But we you don't even have to say exactly that. We want, we would love creativity and I was hoping that we could get a bunch of them and we could narrow it down to a few and have voting so that people could vote for their favorite liner and we could have like a first and second place winner in Maybe there could be a prize. Yeah. I don't know what the prize would be. We'll figure it out. It could be an Amazon gift card. It could be hookers and blow. I don't know yet. Well, no mask just jumped all joyful. Right? But I would love... You don't even have... If you don't... We want you to use your career. I don't want to say don't. So nothing is off limits. We, no. just, we just want a liner that says who you are and that you're listening to the Hordes of Chaos. You could make a skit. You could do something funny. But we would love a really... We do want it to keep it around like... Um, like 15. 30, 30 yeah, 15 to 30 to seconds. Oh, you're going to go up to a minute? Okay. Well, because usually we add in a little bit of music. So usually most liners run between 30 seconds to like a minute or a minute 30. So... You have luxury and some room there to breathe, but, you know, we do want you to get a little creative. Um, do whatever you like. Make it funny. Make it, you know, funny, serious, whatever you want to do. Definitely put in there that you're listening to Anubis and Neko and the Hordes of Chaos on Metal Time Radio. But, you know, everything else you can just kind of do whatever you want. But we'll make a post. And once we figure it out exactly what we're going to use for, like, the, the gift or the, the prize... 
Um, but yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun to do that, especially involve people. And then that way the you can get you as fans can get your fans involved too, and have them vote for you. And it could be like a little band standoff between two bands who, you know, I know they're like Nomas always has rabid fans. I know that for sure. So if we said, hey. Get your get your uh, fans to vote. They would totally vote for them. I want. I just really would love to hear some fun new liners from people. And if we could, again, it could be a skit. It could be something funny. It could be fart noises. I I really. I mean, sky is the limit. But you just make sure you say your band name so that your name gets out there. Um, or if you're. You know, if you're one person in the band, yeah. so this is such and such from the band, and you're listening to Nubis and Neko and Middle Time Radio, and then whatever you also want to add to it. I mean, you could easily start be like, hey, if you heard that new online radio, the Hordes of Chaos, like it would be really funny. I want to hear people get creative, and honestly, we're gonna, we'll. If you are willing to submit something, even if you don't win, we want to play it. And if that's okay with you, we definitely will. And this also includes your promotional label sites as well. If you have access to recordings, uh, as you noticed, like Sky Nielsen, she, you know, she does promotions. If you want to get in on this, you'll be able to do that. You will be making it to all the posts. We'll be tagging everybody. Uh, so it's totally up to you. There, there's nothing you know. There's nothing you have to do for us to you know do it. We're not expecting anything, but for a lot of fun, and we just want some new blood in the the line area. So and we want a little fun competition. We want we want the fans of each band. We all know you got the time. Yeah, and we, <laughs> hey, we know you have some fans too because we see the fans online. We want to see the fans get a little rabid and like protect their their territory. Be like, no, no. I'm voting for my people and then you'd be like no I'm voting for my people because there's gonna be a nice prize on on you know yeah we'll make it we'll make it worth your while trust me all right well thanks you all for listening and tuning in hope you enjoyed the show thanks to hard life promotion metal devastation radio promotions grand sounds promotion metal message and quabar PR much thanks for the selected tracks this week got one track left for you a band called rising steel this is metal nation take care <laughs>